0: In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Episode seventy-six, Cool Button Hockey podcast is underway. Was that too many men? Would you have called too many men on Colorado? In overtime, Craig, let's get right to the meat.
1: No, I wouldn't have called too many men on the ice. And one of the things I was reminded of many years ago by Bob Clark was that good officials know what not to call. And if we're going to call that too many men on the ice, you know, then we're going to have 15 or 20 of those again. You know what? I look at it simply as this. You know, if you want to look at it as the letter of the law and you want to make the rule book, you know, definitive and black and white, I guess you could make a case to call that too many men on the ice, but in the flow of the game, I look at it with, in this respect, the player coming on the ice gain an advantage from a player going off the ice, whether it be, you know, we know we're touching the puck, but the interfere with somebody getting somebody's way or path. I didn't see any of that whatsoever. So absolutely. I don't think that that's a too many men on the ice call, nor do I think it should be called in that regard in
0: and in, 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 in that situation. And I'm going to look at, it at the, that moment and then the game and then the third period. What the officials established in the game and then in the third period was this is old school Andy Van Hellenman, Kerry Fraser, you name it, Art Scove, Bruce Hood, we're not calling anything. Like basically unless you shoot the puck over the glass or break someone's stick on a breakaway it's Hudson Bay rules. So keeping all that in mind on the play, when the puck leaves the zone and you stop it right there, it's a discombobulation at the bench. And I counted 13 skaters on the ice and the two goalies. So by the letter of the law, w- w- are we going to call too many men on the ice on both? teams? What if the puck hits the Tampa bench and and then they turn the puck up ice? So by the letter of the law, there's a lot of skaters on the ice. When Kadri does jump on, there was a measurement uh, done on ESPN Sports Center that said it was 42 feet. Okay, Kadri's at the bench. McKinnon starts coming over. Kadri reads it, and is he on and gaining some type of advantage? Well, everybody that's on to the ice before the guy that comes off gains some type of advantage. Okay, we're talking about calling it or not. The play goes Kemper, boom, up, and then Kadri takes the puck with McKinnon up, at the bench so he's off now and he goes right into 27 and 98 that's mcdonough and sergachev and then dangles sergachev like a mcdavid goal and scores i wouldn't have called it either i wouldn't have called it either by the letter of the law yes it's a penalty how many penalties were there in the third period i'm not making excuses once you kind of establish this and that and this then you got to keep calling it they established that we're throwing our modern rule book out the window and I wouldn't have called it either unless Kemper goes to Kadri McKinnon just comes off it's a breakaway and there was a advantage gain that I just could not avoid and I'm not making excuses Craig they established that they were not going to call that and they met after the game and the officials said in a judgment call we didn't see it as too many men on the ice that's how me and you interpret it just because we look at it the same way doesn't mean we're right it means just how we feel our opinion
1: yeah and 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 all four officials are capable of calling too many men on the ice penalty so it's not just the referees and you know there was an intermediate step there it was Kemper to Leconim to Kadri right so like you know there's a lot and again I I I think that you use the term that I would use you know was there an advantage gained (laughs) and i didn't see any advantage gained and and nor any disadvantage for the tampa bay lightning that long change creates as you point out a lot of chaos and a lot of you scenarios in and around you you're realizing oh wait that puck's coming up you're turning around you're trying to get on you're trying to get off right so like by the letter of the law yeah okay yeah oh we have two penalties on the play we have it too many men on the ice penalty for the Colorado. Islanders, too many men on the ice penalty for the Tampa Bay, whatever, you know, by the light of the law, I would not have called it. Now, when you go to, you know, Hudson Bay rules and, you know, uh, I mean, the, you you look back to, to the way the game was, was officiated and called I, standard. The, the officials don't decide how they're going to call the game for the most they're told what they want the standard to be in the NHL for a long time. You know, now when I say long time, last half dozen years, slashing on the hands. You know, now we have the, the cross-checking, right? And we keep talking about the standard. And what's the first thing we hear at the beginning of the playoffs? Are they going to uphold the standard? Are they going to uphold the standard? I think that Wes McCauley and Kelly Sutherland short-changed the game last night. They shortchanged the standard. I don't think anybody said we want the standard lower. They decided not to call penalties, and I think that's a bad look for the NHL. If I'm John Cooper and I'm Jared Bednar, because I think they both had gr- grievances in that third period uh, especially, like, why are we not calling this now? And don't tell me it's the third period of game four of the Stanley Cup final. Either you're upholding the standard or you're holding the standard you're not. Wes McCauley and Kelly Sutherland had an awful game four, had an awful game four from an officiating standpoint. And we're talking about two top-notch referees. Doesn't mean they can't have a bad game, right? Players have bad games. Guess what? McCauley and Sutherland,
0: bad game four. And and you know what, though, Craig? There's going to be fans, broadcasters, current players, ex-players, and current GMs that are very happy with those two because you know what they're going to say? Two marbles in each pocket? let them play let the like the people are going to see yep. they let them play they let them decide the game all of those things which might bring up you know a fraction of gms that come in and say we really like what we saw and then you know we're gonna have hudson bay rules in the boardroom and you've been in that boardroom so could the small group override the bigger group or will Stephen walkham with these two officials and the GMs that have decided we want call in the hands, we want a tripping in the first, in the third, and in overtime. Too many men. If you believe it is all those things, it got away from us here. Because I wonder if people say that was awesome. I loved that it. it was old school. Like you know where I'm going with this, right? I was in shock what I saw in the third, but I got it. Like I said, okay. Like I, it's it's you know, you know if you if you, if you are driving. And people are all going way below the speed limit and you, oh, there's cruisers all over the road. I get it. We are under the limit today or people are on the road and they're going way over in the floor of traffic. You go, we, we're all breaking the rules. Okay. Don't pick one guy out of the pile. So I got it. You got it. The players got it. I just think this has got to be a one-off, right? It's got to be a one-off or now, I have no idea what we're going to see for game five. If there's a game six or seven and where do we reset for next year? If we don't go back to some type, what do we want? We want an idea. Like, here's my idea of where we're at right now, Craig. I don't know. I, I don't know where we're going to game five. I don't know. Did you feel that way heading into game
1: four? No, I felt. See, that's why I said they decided. They decided, nobody came in and said, this is the standard. They decided. They, You know what? When a goaltender lets in a bad goal or two or three bad goals, we go, that was bad goaltending. Well, guess what? That was bad officiating last night. There's no other way. I'm not, I'm not going to cut any other way. Bad officiating. So, Steve, I know this. It's impossible to sing and whistle at the same time. So, if, if you want to sing the tune of, you know what, we're going to let things go, good but you can't try to whistle that we're all holding this head and this is the standard we're going to call. You can't have it both ways. So for the NHL right now, okay. You're, you decide. And if, and, and if, you, if you want to go back and you want to talk about, are you ready to give up your mobile phone? You ready no. to give up your 5g? You ready to give up your high-speed internet? Well, good. I'm not ready to go back to old school Hudson Bay rules. I'm not ready and I don't want to see it. And I think if we're started down that, and I don't think we are, I think it was an awful night for the officials last night. I do. I think it's an and we better recognize it. And somebody better go in and say, that's not acceptable. Okay. I don't care what your rationale is. We're not having that. End of story period. And game five starts with, this is how it's being called start to finish and everywhere in between end of story. That's where the NHL has to be. That to me, at like, again, okay, we'll reset, how many times do we hear a, a, a coach say, Steven Stamkos after game two, you know what? We got to reset. It's unacceptable. Steve, somebody has got to say that was unacceptable. That was unacceptable. And we got to reset. We got to reestablish how we're going to call this game. That's how I look at it.
0: Yeah. Well said my friend, but we're not going to get that publicly. That might. Have That's okay. Last... I don't
1: need it publicly. Okay, Steve. I'm a big believer in. Sometimes your actions speak a lot, lot louder than words. Okay. So, like, let's see your actions. Let's. I, I'm going to give them the benefit because I, I think they've been. I think the standard has been excellent. I think it's been upheld in in these playoffs. And beginning of the playoffs, there's a lot of talk about. it. I think it's been upheld. Sorry, not last night. Last night was a was. A, to me, again, it's just it's two top notch
0: officials. that had a, they, they had a bad night. John Cooper's a great guy, great friend of the show, great coach, all those types of things. I was in shock listening to the presser. Um, And if you can't be honest with a friend, then you're not a good friend. You don't tell somebody what they want to hear. You tell them what they need to hear. If I knew he was going to do that, I would have said, don't do it. Don't do it. Whether it's about the too many men on the ice call, which we think it is, but we'll touching the puck. I, I don't know. I would have said, John, you don't want this to be a mini legacy moment that, uh, you know, if you do lose a series or come or whatever, is this the moment? This isn't 72 and you know, we're going home because this is ridiculous. You know, it's, it's, it's not like that. I I'm just surprised. And I, I wish he could get a mulligan. I know people who golf, they take a lot of mulligans, Craig. I just, I wish it didn't happen the way it did. What do you think?
1: Oh, I'm with you 100%. You know, when he first started to speak, I was going, oh, geez, he's somber. You know, I, you, you could feel the hurt and the, and the disappointment in his voice. And I, and, and at first, Steve, I, I'm thinking to myself, geez, this seems like somewhat of a, of a concession speech, like, you know, preparing for, you know, oh, no, there's still time, but, and everything. And then as we went on, we saw what it was. And, and, and you know, John is bright and he's good. And I always say this, you know, th- there's times when, Really, really smart people, really intelligent people sometimes say things that you go, why did they say that? Right, And so the Mulligan example is really good. I I was chuckling after the fact, though, Steve, because it was like it was like somebody calling me in and saying, hey, Craig, you know what? You're terrific. You you are so good at what you do and you are phenomenal and you've done so much and and you're sitting there and you're starting to puff out. But uh, I just want to let you know, we're letting you go. What? <laughs> Wait a sec. You just told me I, I was expecting a raise and now like you're or a bonus. And now you just told me, you let me go. That's there was like, come on, like John, you've been in the league a long time. Like, you know what? If you have a beat, air it. And Aaron, in, 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 in a way, don't leave people guessing. Don't leave people, you know, sitting here, you know, wondering what it could be and everything. And, and I said, I, I get the disappointment. I get the, uh, you know, where he was at at that point. But come on, like, really? The league, it's the greatest league on the planet. And I love parody. And like, come on, like,
0: seriously. <laughs> and, and and here's the thing about, and you can directly relate to this, and we just had the anniversary. And this is the thing about fan bases when a call is made because this isn't a sport where this moment doesn't have a moment that's coming next meaning the Brett Hall play didn't cost the Sabres anything because let's say in theory the on ice officials said no goal well Dallas is still leading the series 3-2 they're still in overtime and they're still a game seven if necessary so what do you what do you mean that that Play, you know, Doug Gilmore's cut will kill the penalty, score in overtime. Or if you don't score in overtime, win in game seven. So everyone seems to think when there's this magical call that, hang on a second. Who was a better team for 50, 60 minutes? About because the game went, how long was the game? 60 minutes, 70 minutes last night. Who was a better team for 60 minutes? Colorado. Who was all over Tampa? Colorado. Who got a great game for the goaltender? Colorado. Who's feeling it, McKinnon, and McCarr? Who almost wanted to play before Colorado? Who almost wanted to shift before Colorado? Who needed to scrape at ten minutes, Tampa? Okay, so all of those things, I get it. I get it. So don't tell me, okay, this is you know Mark Bergevin catching the puck and throwing it into the net and nobody saw it. Come on here. Let's 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 look at the bigger picture and say. The series is three one. Shouldn't the series be three one? Like, isn't, aren't we at the spot where we should be anyway, is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. And, you
1: know, I thought Nathan McKinnon post game talked about, you know, we had a, we had a rocky first period, but from that point in time, we really got settled in. And he said, we carried the play and we were the better team and we deserved to win. And I thought he was, Spot on. I thought he 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 laid it right there. You know, it, it was interesting as, as I watched the game. You know, it was two it was two one heading into the third period, but Colorado played really really well in the second, and they were and they were starting to to me. I, I start to watch. You know, where the traction's going. And, and, and to me, there, there was retreating going on by the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, 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 the, and, the, and the attack was being pressed by the Colorado and it built in the third period. Then when they tied it up, you know, like it, it didn't feel like Tampa Bay had any semblance of control with the lead. And then I thought they were like trying to trying to manage the game to stay in the game and look for a break. And in overtime, I mean, you had a Devontae, a Devontae's, most. you had Bo Byron Byram that could have won it off the crossbar, right? Like you mean all the chances they had in. A, I mean, Vasilevsky made about three or four outstanding saves. I mean, other than the Nick Paul shot that caught Kemper in the in the face in overtime and in, in the mask, Tampa Bay had nothing. They had nothing, not a thing. And you know what? The, uh, Bob Ganey used this term uh, years ago, and we talk about the. He said at the end of the night, the right team won.
0: And, that, and that's how we feel, right? And people yep. are allowed to feel, and maybe we'll discuss later, allowed to vote how they want, and they justify the vote, and we can agree to disagree, and that's the democracy that we live in or think we do. So you can't just agree when we agree, and then when we disagree, you know, you, the, the Twitter hate and, and everything else. And I didn't know nazim Qadri was going to play, for sure. I was told at 6.04 by people who were there, and then he was on his own line as the lines were rejigged again. Like, how good is Colorado when JT Conforts is back where he belongs as a third-line center? Kadri's at two. McKinnon's at one. And Kadri started slow, not noticeable. Feel like he just went like this. Like, did, didn't he just you, – you could feel him feeling better. And then it just – it was like, wow, it's too bad there's no Brayden Point at the other end and everyone's not a – Craig, name, name a playoff where everyone was 100% healthy. Maybe the '04 4 Lightning is the only team that was always 100% healthy. And John Tortorella said it. He goes, we got main games in the regular season, and in the playoffs, they were healthy. And they won the cup in seven games. These teams are banged up. I wish guys were healthy, but they're not. But to me, Nazem Kadri from a broken thumb surgery to the overtime winner. It's a, uh, it's storybook, Craig, it's storybook.
1: It really is. And, you know, but I'll tell you what Nazem Kadri, after he'd had that surgery and they talked about, it, he said, I'll be back. He circled <laughs> it. He said, I'll be back. And I mean, he is, he, he is a dyed in the wool competitor. I mean, he, he, he lives to play hockey and you know, you know he's he was such a terrific player during the regular season for Colorado, and and just as terrific in the playoffs before he got hurt, uh, on on that check from behind by Evander Kane, and so you know you think about his impact on that team. I mean, when you really start to think about you know one two, I mean is, Nazem is just perfectly set up to be the number two center behind Nathan McKinnon. It's it and like, you know, Naz is 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 such a good player and but when you talk about when I say perfect, it's perfectly set up, right? And we know what's happened in previous playoffs with some of his transgressions, right? And and he paid a price for it and and so did the teams that he was on, Toronto and Colorado. But you see what a valuable player he is. And there, there, there's no way that anybody can look at Nazem Kadri and not see how productive he is, how important he is. And, you, you know, he's a unique player. He, he adds elements to the game that a lot of – and like Ed Belfort, I think I told you this story, Steve. Ed Belfour was a, a great competitor, and he used to get worked up, and opponents would get to him. And after 1998, Bob Ganey sat with him, and he said – what do you want to do? I want to win a cup. How badly do you want to win a cup? Like more than anything. Because Bob just goes, well, these are things you got to do. And I think that's exactly where nazim Kadri finds himself. They, nobody doesn't want him to play on the edge. Nobody doesn't want him to play gritty and competitive. But, you know, understanding what's the most important. So you're going to have to manage that. He's done a magnificent job and coming back last night and scoring that overtime winner. Uh, I mean, like Nazem Kadri might not have written that story for himself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, And I'm with you. And you're right about that circle, the Instagram post. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a special team that had a special regular season, you know, if they blew the president's trophy, or maybe that was good for them, it doesn't matter. Um, And what they've been able to do in the playoffs, I mean, four, six, four, they got three, that's they're 15 and three. 15, Craig, <laughs> 15 and three. Oh, well, they have to beat the weaker teams and blues are a good team. You know, the blues are one of the best non teams in the cup final, right? If you believe in Carolina, Toronto, the rain, like there's a lot of really good yeah, teams, for that, sure. you know, art and you know, 15 and three is still 15 and three and, and, and now they feel it and, and they, and they taste it. And maybe that's why there was a mini concession in, in, in John's voice. Steve said all the right things, Stamkos, after the game. You know, you just got to win one. Force a game six. If I'm Tampa and I got 88 and the rest of the group, we're going on the road and we just want to win one game. I'm not winning three. I'm not hitting a grand slam tomorrow. Just one win. Why not a 2-1 Tampa Bay win with a Vasilevsky effort? What, would that be the craziest thing in the world for Tampa to win Friday 2-1-3-1 one, one empty netter? Come on, man. Of course they can win game five. That's all I'm asking.
1: Well, that's a good question. And, you know, one thing I, I'm really impressed with, with Colorado, though. you know, we talked about after game two, the adjustments that Tampa Bay had to make, and, and, and they did, they made some nice adjustments, but then I thought Colorado adjusted off of those adjustments. Like they, you know, they didn't let themselves just say, Oh boy. Okay. We're up. And like, they said, okay, what do we have to do now? And we talked about game four and slowly, they just they just kept, you know, pressing the attack and pushing Tampa Bay further and further back. Even think about the winning goal, Steve. I mean, they're out on the ice forever, Tampa Bay. They're trying to relieve the pressure. It's a really, really good play, dumping it high like that and not getting the ice in. And how good was Darcy Kemper? Uh-uh. I'm not letting you guys off the hook. He was dialed in when he zipped that puck up to let him in. And then Kadri with speed, you know. They were backed right up, and and the winning goal was a great example of being backed up.
0: Yeah, if we were on TV, we would have had so much meat on that bone from the controversy to the play. And I'm so happy you brought up Darcy Kemper. You know, I don't know the man, right? 32, SAS kid as they all are from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. He he answered the bell, and he answered the bell in game. What game was it? Four. He answered the bell like he got his bell rung. That's the rule. Continuous motion, goal scored. He didn't complain. The abs didn't whine. Great job by Dave Jackson explaining it perfectly. Your buddy from Montreal, former NHL referee. And guess what? He just kept going. Maybe the headman goal wasn't good. So, okay, there's one. But he allowed two. Like, if you knew before the game Kemper was going to allow two, I would have said, there's no way Colorado's losing this one. Like, he did his job. And with all the pressure much malign he's he's been Corey crawford malign craig and he answered the bell so if we don't ding 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 ring the bell for him when are we going to like if i'm him boy did i sleep good last night
1: you know steve one of the interesting things to it and the media loves to create narratives like somehow after game three there was a goaltending controversy in colorado yeah, right. Please give me a break. (laughs) Like, you know what, like create all you want, just because you're creating something doesn't mean it's a work of art. It could be the thing that you, you know, those pieces of art that you go and you, and you get as a, as a gift. And the minute you get it, you go and throw it in the, in the, in the garbage can. That's what that narrative was about the goaltending controversy in Colorado. And Darcy Kemper has been a really good goaltender. And you know what? Everybody wants to look at it in terms of, you know, save percentage and everything. You know what the playoffs are about for goaltenders? About the W. Daryl Sutter. I like Ws. You know what? Find a way to win. Find a way. And Darcy Kemper, to your point, okay, maybe the backhand goal by Hedman, you don't want that back. But it's about finding a way to win. Two goals against. Give my team a chance, you know, and make sure that as long as it takes us, I'm going to let our team take as long as it takes to win. That's what Darcy Kepper did. That's what good playoff goaltending is. Vasilevsky gave the same thing to the Tampa Bay Lightning. The problem was is that Tampa Bay Lightning did
0: not have the right stuff to win that game. Time now for KB on Ice, an inside look at the NHL, brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction, Craig, as you know, is Canada Sportsbook, 19-plus, play responsibly. So we have a Game 5 for sure. Do we have a Game 6 or – Whether we do or not, is the end near anyway?
1: I think the end is near anyway, and I think the end is near Friday night. I think Friday night. It'll be uh, Friday night lights in the Mile High City for the Colorado Avalanche. And to me, the reason I say that, Steve, you know, after game two, I said the Tampa Bay Lightning have not had to deal with this type of team the challenges that they present. They adjusted nicely for game three, but the Colorado Avalanche adjusted so nice to the adjustments. And the way they carry through Pier Two, Three, overtime of game four, I don't see it changing in game five. I think we're crowning a new Stanley Cup champion on Friday night in Denver, Colorado.
0: And you're probably right, unless the comments I made earlier are true that Vasilevsky just, he, mm-hmm. but even if he does, I'm saying, we're not getting to a game seven. So even if they have a little bit of toothpaste left in this role and they squeeze it a bit more and go down as glorious back-to-back champions and everything else, the end result will be, and this is what it's all about anyway, that Colorado, whether it's game five or game six, we believe will hoist the Stanley cup with the most competitive odds. Sports interaction makes it easy to deposit, play and cash out. Join now and see what sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. That's sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. That's us folks. 19 plus, please play responsibly. We had some controversy to start 76. People have been very critical of the uh, voting process as it relates to the professional hockey writers association and the certain awards. So, do we have a controversy? Oilers fans are upset that Dreisidel and his numbers compared to McDavid had him finishing ninth, and they're mad in Nashville about Roman Yossi. Is there a problem in the process? Sometimes it gets nauseating, even though we're in talk radio or in podcast radio. So, what narrative do you buy about voting? Because as soon as you start voting, there's controversy.
1: Well, there is, Steve. And I love the fact that all the ballots are made public. I, I, I do. I think it's, it's really good that when you're uh, voting on significant wards for National High League players, that people know what your vote was. And, and, and they should be scrutinized. And I always say when I vote, I said, it, it doesn't really uh, concern me if you agree or disagree with me. I just want to be able to make a case. For, for where i voted and and, and and be able to do that and like i said it doesn't mean you have to agree with me but but i, I before i hit send i have to feel comfortable that i can defend my choices and say here's why right so w- there's always going to be some type of controversy there, there just is so what i would say is so what's the solution yeah do we, is there a better solution and you know what we can think about it and think about it i've had this discussion with a number of people i think the same thing happens with the ted lindsay award Okay. So, you know, like it's, everybody says, let the players vote. Okay. That's great. And, and, and we want the players to have a voice. Like they're, they're there, they're playing against the thing, but are you really telling me that somebody in LA players that are playing in LA or Anaheim or San Jose, I'm just picking three teams, really know how good Shesterkin was? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> right? So you're trying to find a balance. You're trying to find, you know, areas where you, I think number one, you, you want an informed voting base, right? So I know Frank Saravali and the Professional Hockey Writers' Association have really worked on doing. We had Wayne Gretzky voting this year. We had Rick Tocchet voting this year. How, like it's great to have them. And you know, can we look at trying to look at different people to have to have them voting to get their input? Yeah, we can. But I I, I don't know what the solution is, and I, I think the PH. I don't think there's a better solution. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. so. You know, this is what we live with. Controversy, we live with disagreement. That's okay. I think Frank Saravalli and his group at the Professional Hockey Writers Association have done a really good job of of making sure that, that, that the information is there for the voters. And then, you know, trying to get, you know, voters that are really engaged and really informed as best as they can be. And I don't care. I don't care if you're the general populace. People go to the polls all the time; they're not informed. <laughs> so that's what we're going to get at times, and that's just a, a byproduct of where we're at.
0: I don't, I don't, I don't. I think about it lots, but I can't come up with a better solution. Yeah, and and uh, we talk about uh, the voting base. Um, I'm a little bit involved. I'm told not to say what I'm involved in, but I'm a little bit involved. But I'd like to be more involved. I feel that yeah. I'm very informed. And yeah. as the Ranger game ends then watching the Flames and the Sharks and, and everything else. But uh, you said you'd take care of Frank. And I would say maybe this, if people were asking, maybe we expand the base even more. Some would argue maybe that might be better. Uh, and then maybe we don't have a five-tiered system. Maybe it's one vote. Who do you have for, well, the Vesna doesn't count because that's a GMs, but who do you have for this award? Maybe it's not three, two, one. Maybe it's just one person. When you go to the polls, you vote for... One person, right? One party. So maybe maybe that's an answer. I don't know if that makes it better or not. I'm just trying to come up with something, but I'm with you. Best idea wins, whether it's officiating, how we started, or it's NHL awards. And we have to admit, when there is a little controversy, Craig, there's a bit more hot sauce on the bone, isn't there? Like it does. People are more engaged when there is sometimes an issue. We don't want too many issues, but when there is, it does lead to a heightened sense of interest, I do believe. Eh, maybe not for the right reason, though. Yeah. Well. Okay. So let me go back to the,
1: let me just go back to the voting. I I concur with everything you said. So let me ask you this: the the players that won the awards <laughs> was there was there any that were any of the awards wrong? No. No. Like, not at all. Right. Okay. Like people might have had different choices, but at the end of the process. That the right players, like, and I mean, that doesn't mean because McCar won and Yossi won that Yossi wasn't deserving. But do we look at it and go, oh my God, where did Kale McCarr come from? Oh my God, can you believe that Patrice Bergeron won the Selkie and not so and so? Like, no. Like, when I look at the, at the results of who won, like, the process then tells me it's a good process, then, because we got to the right answers. Now we can we can go and go and you see it lots. Oh, I can't believe this person voted or didn't vote. For that's okay. You know what? That's what we get. And that's why, you know, through the process having more people, people that are informed, right? Well, that's where you get, you know, in, in, in statistics throw it the high, throw it the low, get it in there, right? I think we I think that when we see the outcomes, th- th- there's nobody going jeez. Can 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 you believe that nick benino was voted the Hart trophy winner like (laughs) (laughs) like, there's none of that like you know it's there's nothing you know and and so again when i talk about the phwa and you know a couple years ago alexander ovechkin got votes for all-star left wing and all-star right wing right but the phwa said hey wait a second here we got to establish what player? What positions players played at, right? So Matthew Kachuk, who's been a left winger, was a right winger this year. He's the second team all-star right winger. So the process is working. And I think that, you know, that's why when I say I can't think of a better solution and when I look at the outcomes, it doesn't matter if I voted for Yossi first or McCarr first or whatever it was. All I know is the outcomes to me were reasonable and the the, the players that won were more than deserving. That's what you want. <laughs>
0: I had no problem going to bed at the end of the NHL yeah, awards night. Same so with no me. problem. So well done. That nicely gets us to final thoughts brought to you by ultimate hockey fans. Go to ultimatehockeyfans.com hockey forward slash cool button pod to see the beautiful merchandise and to get our discount. You're at the Memorial cup final thoughts on that. Or are you going off the board like jokers
1: Wild? <laughs> no, no joke as well. Hey, listen, game three of the Memorial Cup championship was unbelievable. It went to three on three overtime. First time they've had three on three overtime. It was unbelievable. The goaltenders were, were fabulous. There was breakaways, two on ones, two on O's. You know, it, it, we sat five minutes into the overtime and said, we can't believe this game hasn't ended already. It had finally ended. But the enthusiasm of the players, the fans in the building, Steve, they, 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 This is a massive, this is the Holy Grail of junior hockey. It's the Holy Grail of junior hockey. And I got to tell you, being here in St. John, being around the teens, watching the players, like, you know, we say they're giving her, (laughs) they're giving her. And I'll tell you why. Tune in because it's only getting better because if the NHL series ends on Friday, there's still hockey Saturday and Monday and Wednesday. So like, you know what? Your, Your hockey fix right before July 1st can still be there and it can still be satisfied and keep this in mind. Tomorrow's NHL stars are playing right here today. A number of them.
0: I love it. I love that slogan. It makes sense. And uh, it's why change that slogan. So good. I want to say a shout out to uh, Paul Maurice, you know, stepped away from the jets needed to uh, figure things out. And instead of winters in Winnipeg, he'll be in South Florida. Still a lot of pressure still has to play defense. And figure things out there, um, but you know what? A great guy, a career coach who was 28, right? 28 when he was part of the the Hartford Whaler organization, turning to Carolina. So the coaching carousel has been interesting. The silly season, the beat goes on, and I guess at times, Craig, we see some silliness as well. And you know what? That's all part of the hockey world. We laugh, we cry, and we move on, just like we did on episode 76. The controversy we like to think has been solved for Craig button, Bruce Bolton. I'm Steve Cooley. Bye bye. 76. We'll talk to you. 77. Enjoy the Stanley cup final and the Memorial cup, ladies and gentlemen, until then. Ciao.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel founder of pretty litter.